Blog Talk Radio. God, I just want to bash down a friggin' wall when I hear music like that. I want that to be my entrance into not just a podcast. Every room I go into, every store I go into, if that doesn't get you pumped and ready to go, I don't know what will, folks. How you doing tonight? I'm the Fantasy Jester. You're listening to, <laughs> yes, Fantasy Jester Show, of course. Why wouldn't I name it after me? Actually, we do three podcasts. This is just one of them and the only one named after myself. It would get pretty sickening, even to myself. I actually, um, I'm lying. I'm lying because we have news about the Fantasy Jester and podcast and what's ahead uh, and about hearing me. We've got some great news coming up for you folks. Stay tuned for that. Tonight's edition Fantasy Justice Show, first of you, first of all, is coming from D-Land, Florida tonight. Absolutely, we had a little rain, cleared up. Now, it's been a little on and off kind of thing. We've got Biketoberfest coming to you from D-Land, Florida, and right now it's cleared up. It's, it's nice. I hope it's as nice wherever you are listening. Again, Fantasy Justice Show brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. Your kingdom for fantasy sports and more. Tonight, former Miami Dolphins defensive end, former pro bowler and beast, Jeff Cross, will join the show in an interview we recorded earlier in the week. Recently on the Fantasy Jester show, two weeks ago, we had the RT-17 debate. And, you know, it's a hotbed, folks. It's a hotbed. People talking, people, you know, had a lot to say about it. And it's just incredible how people feel. You either love Tannehill and feel that, hey, listen, he just, or you hate him. Well, you got somebody like me. See, I'm in the middle. I, I don't love the guy. I have no personal attachment to the guy, but I don't hate him either. 
Um, and we we had a call uh, two weeks ago when we did the show. Henry from Miami uh, called in. Henry Ferraza from Miami called in, made some valid points. He makes a valid argument. He's not a Tannehill guy. JT, my co-host, going to be bringing him in soon. Uh, everyone who knows him, Fez437, if you don't, on Twitter, talk to him anytime. Miami Dolphins fan, okay? So, you know, we get a perspective from him. I've got my own perspective on things. But after hearing what this debate was like, I wanted to go to a player. I wanted to go to a player who knows the game well, who loves the game, who has some sort of Miami Dolphins background. I couldn't get one of the players now. During the season, if you're you're doing a podcast like this, and unless you're a big name, and I'm not a big name yet, working on it, you can't get anybody, you know, unless it's associated with the Dolphins uh, podcast. So I know that, and I go to friend of the show, okay? Uh, he's been on the show before, gave us a great interview. If you missed it, go back, check that Jeff Cross interview out, because, listen, I'm about to give you today 28 minutes of, of gold from a very, well, let me tell you, he doesn't pull any punches about his dolphins, okay? And he will tell you about how he feels about every section of that NRT-17, okay? But, you know, here's the thing. We're going to hear from a player who has no filter on him about it. About the same as he had no filter on our old episode. And, hey, listen, if you're on iTunes, iTunes Fantasy Jester, there's a whole list of shows. There's the other podcast, too. If you like wrestling, you got FXE Live. If football fans, Gridiron Guys, every Thursday night starts 7 o'clock just before. We take you right up until five minutes before the game on Thursday nights. All right. Now you go back on iTunes. Jeff Cross's interview, find out what former Miami Dolphins player got taped naked, taped naked to a goalpost as a punishment. Find out what he was being punished for, too, to deserve that. Great interview. And again, that was Jeff Cross then. Going to bring you another dynamite interview, Jeff Cross, later. We're going to talk baseball. We've got baseball. We've got playoffs. We've got the league championships games going on. We've got Blue Jays, Indians. We've got Dodgers, Cubs. JT's going to bring you Blue Jays, Indians. I'm going to bring you the Dodgers, Cubs, and give you a little perspective of what we're seeing so far and where, where we're figuring this will go and what it will lead to. We're going to talk a little NBA. Listen, this is the Fantasy Justice Show, Okay. We're going to talk some NBA. We talk every damn sport on here, and some of the sports you wouldn't even imagine. Uh, again, we've had shark divers on, no cage shark divers on. Uh, so we're liable to bring you anything. But tonight, we're going to go with the basic staples. We're going to go through the uh, sports. Baseball, we're going to start off with you. NBA, fantasy sleepers. We're going to give you a couple guys. Keep your eyes on who's out there, who might still be available, okay, or who to make a trade for early 
now before they blow up during the season. NHL, same thing. We're going to bring in a couple of fantasy guys getting ready. Season's underway. I Listen, hockey fans, we wait for this time. Listen, we're out there. We're on an island, okay? I, you, if you're a hockey fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We, uh, we get no respect as a sport. And those of you who haven't had a chance to really take in a hockey game live, not on TV, go watch a hockey game live, then come back and tell me why you're not a fan. That's all I have to say. Anyway, move on from there. We're going to talk some wrestling, a little WWE. I got something I want to talk about that I saw the other day. Want to talk the trouble TNA? Oh my lord! Is TNA a soap opera? Is this is, is this supposed to be like reality TV? Okay, this is like freaking watching Grizzly. Okay, um, I, I really it, it's a it's a it's a black eye on the sport, and I wish somebody would just shoot it in the head and make it go away. I, I've been trying. I've been trying to get a hold of them. We'll get into that. Got a little FXE news. Ooh, yeah, a little FXE news. That's for you Florida people getting ready. Who's ready to see some great wrestling? Then, like I said, we've got Jeff Cross. We've got a little bit about the predictions of the week. If we can fit that in, worst case, you'll be stuck with King's Ransom, Fool's Gold. And, uh, you know, up until recently, uh, I've been nailing it. And uh, you'll be able to find out who uh, JT uh, want the, you know, he's got something to say to me, and it's going to be something along these lines that, uh, well, you know. What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoranimous. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I've had to deal with the idea that I was wrong, very wrong this past Thursday. We'll talk more about that later, okay? Uh, yes. Let's make a big deal of it. Everybody enjoy. It doesn't happen often, so have fun with it. We're going to be bringing in JT, like I said. We're going to be bringing in Busy J, one of the writers on the show. Going to be talking about sports with him. He covers all the different sports. He covers it from New York, folks. He handles covering at Barclays. He's over at Madison Square Garden. He's everywhere. Up there, Northeast guy, JT coming from Cleveland when Tate's in. We got the Dallas fan in, in, uh, in him and myself here in Florida. So, you know, get a little bit of perspective from all over the country when we're talking these sports. Before I bring them in, real quick, my rant this week is a simple one, folks. It's for all you fantasy players out there. There is something that changed, and it only changed maybe about three Four years ago, JT will be able to help me on this one uh, when he comes in. And it pisses me off every flipping week that it goes on during fantasy football. Uh, And what I mean, it pisses me off. It really does. See, I am ultra competitive. All right. I don't like to lose. I'm a spoiled brat. I don't like having things not go my way. And I'm used to winning or getting what I want. So when something happens, it'll piss me off. If I, if I feel that somebody else is getting an advantage that they shouldn't get. And it happens every damn week, okay? 
when I open up my emails and I see a set lineup reminder for my fantasy teams. Now, listen, folks, here's the thing. That's part of the game. Don't remind people to play part of the game, a part that they should know that they have to do to set their lineup. If they don't remember to set their lineup, that's their problem. This is part of the game. Stop helping the damn competition. I got a lot of idiots out there. I can make money off of because they won't set their lineup. Okay, but Yahoo, CBS, and ESPN, all three of them send out, <laughs> set your lineup. Oh, I want to strangle you guys. you got to be kidding me. Set lineup. I got to be reminded to set my lineup. I shouldn't be playing. Stop it. That's disgusting. Oh, I feel better. You know, I needed that. I needed. It's like cleaning the sinuses out. That. Okay. Woosa. We can get to a good show. We can get to a good show. Except for the part where JT. What a maroon. (laughs) What an ignoranimous. (laughs) I know I'm going to take a beating, and I'm trying to delay him coming in. Okay, I'm trying to delay him coming in for as long as I can. He's my co-host, and I've got, you know what? I'm going to wait long enough here. You know what, folks? Hey, this is a first. If you're listening to the Fantasy Jester Show, I'm about to pull a first. This has never, ever happened, and it probably will never happen again, but it fits perfectly for tonight because I just don't want the man on the line. How long can I put this off? So first, before I bring in JT, Busy J, how are you tonight, sir? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Jester. How you doing? Uh, hey, listen, I'm great as long as it's just you and I talking. I'm having a feeling. <laughs> how long can I put this off, huh? Well, we'll see. We'll see. You got a jam-packed show. I mean, I'm supposed to want to hear JT and his... You know, great knowledge of all things. Ow, ow, ow. I'm feeling the vibes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let go, JT. Let go. I can feel the JT vibes, okay, through all this. I got to bring him in. Let me get it over with. Hold on, Busy J. Let's get him in here. Folks, without any further ado, my co-host, partner, and everything that we do here, Fez437 at Twitter, the one, the only, Jason JT Townsend. How are you, JT? Chester, you know, I need you to play that uh, What a Maroon one more time for me, and it's actually because of your rant. You don't like helping the other fantasy players. What do you think we do with King's Ransom in full gold? We help opposing fantasy players. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just don't need ESPN doing it, though, and Yahoo telling everybody. As long as it's you, you can control it. Yeah, exactly. You're catching on. Thank you. Okay. Listen. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and, and, you know, since you, you waited so long to bring me in, I'm going to wait and pick my moment to uh, strike when the time is right. So, uh, Busy Jay, how's it going, bud? we got basketball coming up. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. I'm glad hockey started. Basketball's coming up. Yes. Baseball playoffs. It's actually an interesting, good baseball playoff season this year. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you something, Busy, listen, I got some great news for you. If you need anything that's, like, up on the top shelf and you can't get to it, 
just ask the gesture to get it because his arms have to be stretched out from some of the reaches he was doing on our basketball draft last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may like uh, – no, he's not lying. Busy J, we did a uh, – we did a basketball draft. We have a keeper league uh, that we've been running for a couple of years now. And I, I, my lineup, I have my four keepers. All right. And then after that, I did nothing but reach the, uh, literally the whole night. I was just like, all right, listen, I'm going to grab this guy. I, I know I want him before somebody like JT. You see, this is what happens though. What he, he's not saying busy J is the players that we play against, himself, guys like Sam Clum, okay, that are going to go ahead and they're going to reach two, and you never know when. So you have to play a little defensive draft with these guys. Okay. That, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> JT, am I wrong? Oh, no. I mean, I will say last night I had no intention of doing any reaching. My, my four keepers were just right going in. And uh, I enjoyed watching you give me the old Inspector Gadget go-go gadget arm. It was great. It was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Listen, you know, hey, Busy J, listen, don't let him, don't let him go a little too crazy on you, okay? It's not like my, start, my, my four keepers are garbage, okay? My four keepers were uh, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Love. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty solid. I can start a team with that, can I? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. One of my reaches, we'll talk about him. Let's go right now. One of my guys that I'm going after this year, and I went and I reached a little bit, was for D'Angelo Williams, the point uh, D'Angelo Russell, the point guard for LA Lakers. I didn't think that was a reach. I didn't think you that didn't was think a reach. So? Uh, no, that guy's really, really blossoming under Luke Walton. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to see him get a green light pretty much whenever he wants, and you're not going to have Byron Scott trying to play hard-ass um, bad cop the whole time. You're going to have a coach that's actually going to nurture and teach this kid. So I like that pick, but let's stay with that team. Brandon Ingram was a bit high. Ooh. You know why I took him a little higher than I wanted to? Because who I really – there was only one guy – Actually, there was two guys from this past draft that I wanted, Buddy and Ben. I really didn't. I can't blame you I, on gonna, one. Pardon me? I can't blame you on either one of those players. They're both going to be fantastic players. Right. Well, but what happened was is literally, and I think if you saw, I was like, damn, when Ben Simmons went, okay, because it was literally the pick before I went is when he went. And he was who I was going for. So that kind of upset me. And I didn't want to lose Ingram. And I knew I still had time on Buddy, which I ended up getting too, you know. And then to go out, the one that I missed on was Jabari Parker. How how do you guys feel about Jabari Parker this year? JT, I'll start with you and then go with Busy. You know, I want to like Jabari Parker. I just don't see it. The the quick he does not have the quickness that he had at Duke. Obviously he had the knee injury, but you know, and, and we're what, eighteen months out of that now, seventeen months out from that. Busy you may know a little better than me on that, but it just doesn't seem like watching him in the preseason he's got any explosion at all. Yeah, I have to agree I have to agree with James. I have to agree with him because I had high hopes for 
Parker. I thought he was the second coming of Kevin Durant. I'm completely wrong about that. I think he's injury prone. I don't know if he lasts. I don't even know if he gives you 40 games this season. That's how skeptical I am about his game right now. But uh, it's a good, it's a reach. Grabbing him is definitely a reach. Uh, I, he's one that I didn't get that I had wanted. Who I did get was uh, Zach Levine. I, I happen to think he's going to really bust out this year nicely. How do you I, feel about no, him, Busy uh, Jay? No, we start with Busy, like and then I go I like, to you, Jay. I like his game. I think another year to hone his craft, he's going to be an outstanding small forward, shooting guard combo. I see I see a 17-6 and six kind of game for him this season, averaging about 17 points, six rebounds. Yeah, you know, and that was the uh, thing. The other day they let him shoot a little bit more. He put up 30 points with four boards, four three-pointers. So, and that was only in, that was in like 28, 29, 30 minutes in that area. So he's, uh, he's really starting to come around. I like him. Oh yeah, I did. I'm going to be honest with you. I reached JT. Who's somebody that I haven't talked about that people should pay attention to that you have. Well, on my roster, I'm a big Murray fan. Uh, Jamal Murray from Kentucky. Uh, they're letting him play some point guard. He's going to play some shooting guard. Uh, I think he's ten times the player that Barton is. I think he can handle much more of the game as far as being able to run the point, pass the ball, play defense, shoot the long ball. He can put it on the floor, create. So he's a guy that his ADP's in the 130 range. I don't know why this guy's not going higher. Nice, nice, good, good. Don't, folks, listen, go ahead. Make, we, we're talking about certain players here that, listen, there's a reason why we're targeting it, targeting these guys, okay? And, again, uh, there's somebody that you're going to want to watch. Keep in your back pocket either for a draft that's coming up or go ahead and make a trade in your leagues now for some of these guys because, listen, we've been doing this a long time, told you about the record, what we have for fantasy uh, records between JT and I. You add somebody in like Busy J, okay, who has studied the game. He's a student of the game, both the NBA and yeah, the NBA and NHL. Actually, I, you know what? I, I'm starting to like his coverage of football. At first, I wasn't too sure, but you know, folks, if you go on FantasyJusticeSports.com, you'll be able to see Busy J's work, what he does, a little bit of everything. He, he knows his sports. Good analyst here, okay. We got to get him into the fantasy uh, part of it, though, a little bit more. That's the only thing uh, we'd like to see him play a little bit more fantasy. But a guy who he's a good analyst of both NBA, NHL, uh, a good wrestling fan. I, I'm telling you, that's why we have him on the show with JT and I every Saturday night, folks. Now going into yeah, that, and, and, yeah, I was just going to say, just don't listen to him in baseball. Well, and, and that's where. <laughs> You know, you, you took you, you took that. That's great because that's exactly what I was going to use as my lead-in is because my question is going to be, you know, JT, you're going to do Blue Jays and the Indians, and I'm going to do the Dodgers and the Cubs. And how is Busy Jay going to fit the Mets in either one of these battles? I can't wait to see it. So go ahead. You start out <laughs> – Somewhere the Mets, 
No, wait a minute. The Mets got an exception. Here's what's going to happen. These teams, these four teams are going to battle it out. And in Busy J's little world, okay, when they're done battling it out, these four teams, they still have to play the Mets. Mets. And once they beat the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, JT, go ahead. Blue Jays, Indians, we've got the series going. What are you seeing so far? Where where do you think it's going to end up? Well, what I'm seeing is friend of the friend of the program, Jim Rosenhaus, uh, broadcaster for the Cleveland Indians, may be elevating us a little higher on that good luck charm, yes. as he said uh, last time we had him on the program here. So I'm looking at a two nothing uh, lead now, and there the the Cleveland pitching is absolutely shutting down these Toronto bats. Not something I expected to see. Andrew Miller, 7.2 innings, 17 Ks, uh, with a slider that should be outlawed from baseball. That thing is absolutely disgusting. Uh, and the Blue Jay hitters that have no idea how to touch it. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey Kluber, you know, Kluber's got a uh, kind of a – just seems like he's remade himself for the second half of the season, looking like the guy that was Cy Young material, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. And then of all people, Josh Tomlin to come out and throw a gem today. So all in all, Cleveland's up two nothing, and their their confidence. It reminds me of the Royals. I was reading a column from Heidi Watney, who did like the beard, and she said the same thing. Why does she feel like she's watching the Royals from a couple years ago? And it looks like it looks exactly like it. You know, uh, it's funny. We. Uh... If you've listened to the episode, Jim Rosenhouse has been on. Again, you can check it out on iTunes, folks. Jim Rosenhouse from the Cleveland Indians was on, and he he made a distinct point, and we're going to hold him to this. You know, we had him on before the season started, and it's been uh, my contention that the Fantasy Jester show, JT and I and the gang, are the Cleveland Indians good luck charm just saying and with that he said he would concede and move us up on the list of Cleveland Indian uh MVPs uh I believe it was above Kipnis wasn't it JT right we get we replace Kipnis yep wow we would replace Kipnis on the one of the on the list of most important uh players on the team so uh, we deserve that. We deserve that. But yeah, no. Cleveland uh, won today, two to one. Busy. What do you see for the future of that series? Where do you think it's going? Do you see Cleveland winning? Do you see the Blue Jays coming back? I see Cleveland. I see Cleveland's going to win it. I think the Blue Jays, the bats will wake up in Toronto. But my, what I'm into, what I'm really enjoying about the whole Cleveland the Blue Jays series is Miller, the former. Setup guy for the Yankees. He's just lights out in the postseason, and that's something I know a lot of Yankee fans are like. You know, if we ha- we kept them, we would have probably made the playoffs. And they're hoping that with the players they got back are going to make dividends next season. But uh, I think if Cleveland's tending to lose, I don't see them dropping more than a game in Toronto. Come back home, finish it out, and man, wouldn't baseball love a Cleveland Chicago World Series? Two tortured franchises looking to capture their first title in forever. I think that would be a great story for baseball. We're just having a great playoff run. A lot of the games have been competitive. What more could baseball ask for? Well, it was something somebody uh, on this show had mentioned when we had Jim on. 
at the beginning of the year before the season started and had mentioned that very scenario. I wish I remember the guy's name. Uh, JT, can you remember who it was? Yeah, I, I, I think it was me, actually, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Son of a gun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is why, you know, folks, like I said, you got to listen to him. Go ahead. I love Jim. Jim's a great guy, but he did kind of blow that off a little bit when I said it. So, you know, if it does happen, I wish we, we got to go back and pull that clip and play it for him. Oh, I'll be able to, Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is I'll go ahead and uh, cut it and uh, put it on there so that he sees it. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll cut it and send it to him now as soon as it happens. <laughs> don't, don't, as soon as it happens. It. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll go wait as soon as it happens. At the other end of it, okay, and while we're talking about uh, what could happen, I've got the uh, – I'm looking at the series of you know, Chicago Cubs and the Dodgers, and, you know, it's been a hundred – over a hundred years since you had a winner, 108 years since you had a winner in Chicago, since 1945, since they participated in a World Series. Participated, not even talking about winning it. This year, Theo Epstein put together a great team. He's got now a very underrated Joe Madden. People didn't understand exactly what he was doing down in Tampa when they were cutting the budget, cutting the budget, and he's still turning out winners, okay? Very underrated coach coming into this. You know, L.A., to me, comes in a little bit of a mess, And maybe that's just me. You know, I'm sorry. When Kershaw is out there picking up your save to clinch it against Washington, um, that's not exactly the recipe I'm sure the Dodgers had going into the season. You know, tonight's game, you got Kenta versus Lester. Lester, 2.44, 197 Ks, 19-5 on the season. Possible Cy Young guy, okay? But on the other side of it, you've got a guy that this is his first time around. Lester's used to this. He's been there. Now, going ahead and looking at some of this stuff, the Dodgers have been flirting with the playoffs. You know, they've been there 2013, 2014, 2015, okay? You know, and it seems like they just keep falling short. And I'm sorry, going into it with Kershaw, the guy that picked up your save, I don't know. They've got NL rookie Corey Seager. Now, he, he good bat, don't get me wrong. And they got a couple good bats there. But does it compare with what Epstein has done? Epstein has added, last year's team was pretty successful. They were a young team, and they knew that if they just put a couple pieces together – they went out and got guys like Lackey. They got guys like Hayward, Zobrist. And then during the season, you add Chapman at the back end. And you already got last year's Cy Young, guy like Jake Arrieta. You got this year's probable MVP in Chris Bryant. I, I, you know, to me, they're going to make pretty quick work of the Dodgers. I would be shocked. If this game, if this series isn't over in five, folks. And right now, just to update everybody, end of the first, Cubs are up one nothing. Bryant doubled to left. Fowler scored. They're already up one nothing. 
in that game. Going ahead, like I said, I don't see a lot out of it. Let me ask you something, Busy J. What's your prediction? You're taking a look at this series. You've had a chance to watch both teams all year, seeing how they're coming into this. What do you think? Well, I have to agree with you. I think the Cubs are going to run through this, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers get game three off the strength of Kershaw and to give them that team. And that's about it. I think, you know, I think they prematurely shoot their whole load in their first series against the Nationals. Or, you know, they're always choking, so we're not going to talk too much about the Nationals. And I think just by Kirchhoff playing again in game four and five, it's going to mess up the rotation a little bit. Their bullpen is depleted. I don't expect much from the bats. I, I think the Cubs are going to run rough shots on this team, winning five games. Okay. Now, JT, thank you. JT, let me ask you something. I see a team here, okay, in the Dodgers, who this year they've played the Cubs five times. They played the Cubs five times, and if I remember correctly, they've scored four runs once. They've scored one run twice. The most they've ever scored are the four runs. I think they scored two one time. They scored three another time and only scored one run twice. So they're not putting up points they're not scoring runs against the Chicago Cub team. Now, if they go ahead and they come into these playoffs now, and again, 2013, 2014, 2015, now 2016, and they bow out, are, are they becoming the, dare I say, the Buffalo Bills of baseball, the team that almost gets there all the time those, and just doesn't win it all? Well, I would say the team that's the Buffalo Bills of baseball was the Braves back in the 90s because at least they actually got to a World Series, unlike the Dodgers. Uh, but, you know, you look <laughs> at the Braves. They did get one. They got one. Well, you know, the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and again. But uh, you, you, you look at this and you say, Urias is pitching a lot stronger than what you would expect from a kid his age in the playoffs. You know, kind of come in and has a chance. If he can get in there and dominate a game, Kershaw just seems to be a different pitcher when there's a, there's, there's a lot on the line. I don't know. I just, you know, like Busy said, like you said, I just don't see the Dodgers having enough. And at this point, it, as good as their farm system is, as good as the players the Dodgers have and the money they've spent, uh, Magic Johnson and company may need to look to do a little uh, spring cleaning or winter cleaning in this case of that front office. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's, uh, what a waste of Kershaw it's been. They're just, I'm sorry, you've got a pitcher that's been that dominant. And now I'm sorry, anybody who's out there who owns Kershaw in a, uh, in a keeper league, a dynasty league or anything, you got to start thinking about moving him, don't you, JT? Yeah, he would have been moved previous to this year. If it's me, I trade a guy when he's at the top of his game, get the most for him. Um, but, yeah, if you've held him, held him this long, find somebody who doesn't get the lineup reminders probably and somebody who doesn't pay attention and knows that name and take him for everything they can. Like I said, I can understand if you're actively seeking, you know, if you're actively seeking advice from fantasy experts, whoever it is, me, whatever, I don't care. If you're actively seeking it, 
That's one thing. Yeah, I'm out here. I'm giving little nuggets. You're giving nuggets. The Busy J's here giving stuff. Okay. But people are actively seeking that fantasy advice. It's not being given to them because ESPN, Yahoo, or CBS and all that feel that the players are morons and need the reminder. (laughs) Well, and in all fairness, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I am going to throw one small little nugget to you and say, let's just say you play at a Yahoo league where you get those reminders. And let's just say your team's name is Shares Bono. Okay. Just off the top of my head. Let's just say. And you get get those emails and you still don't set your lineup. Then what do we think? Well, here's the problem with uh, that. When, when you have a team and let's just say, for argument's sake, a shares Bono team, if there was a team out there like that. Um, the problem with that pro- would probably be that they have too many fantasy leagues and too many email addresses to use <laughs> to keep track of those right. teams. As it turns out, hypothetically speaking, let's just say I talked to the owner of shares Bono, if there was one. And, uh, yeah, we caught, we got caught with, Oh yeah, I forgot. I used that email address. It happens folks. It happens. It's a real story. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, it's a real sad story too. No, um, <laughs> what we're going to do folks is we are going to take a break for a second from the NBA from NHL, from baseball, from everything. We've got to pay a couple of bills. And here's the good thing. You know, we've been teasing the new commercials, okay? And we <laughs> still don't have them, so enjoy one of the old ones. Hi, folks. Oh. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators, Deep Obsession Dive Charters, out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find uh, Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter, or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive. What's up? I'm Miles Jag. You're listening to the Fantasy Jesse Show. That's right, folks. And, uh, yeah, that was the last edition of that. Finally, we have the new ones. We just don't have them loaded in yet. A little busy today. But we do have the new ones and uh, Deep Obsession. They went live on Facebook today and uh, given a test 
you know, for those of you who think, well, the storm has passed and everything's good in Florida, <laughs> go on Facebook, Deep Obsession Charters, and go watch them out on the boat doing a test run to see if it's okay yet, and watch them uh, <laughs> dodging the 9 to 10-foot waves across the boat. It was uh, quite the video, quite the video, great people, and, uh, you know, that will be the last time we hear that rendition of that commercial, and we're looking forward to the new one. You know, there's a couple of things we're looking forward to here, uh, Fantasy Jester, FantasyJesterSports.com, and uh, everything that we're doing. We have the podcasts for the other shows. You know, don't forget, Wednesday nights, FXE Live. You know, again, I told you, go on iTunes. These shows are there. You can listen. Most recently, we've had guys like Larry Zabisco on, completely unfiltered. And again, iTunes. Or you can go ahead right here on Blog Talk Radio. While you're there, you can scroll down. You can look in our archive sections, see everything that we have, see some of the great guests. Listen, we are getting ready. We are getting ready. This week coming, we are going to celebrate six months on air. Now, if you go on iTunes and you go look at the guest list we have had so far, not too shabby, folks. Not too shabby. Doing all right. Can't complain. Jester's Jester's got a couple people already in here. We've got some great writers. Again, fantasyjestersports.com. You got guys like Busy J. You got myself. You got Tate. You've got Joey Cage, and then we've got Kid Kelly churning out some articles. Absolutely great stuff, folks. Really looking forward to some of the stuff that's coming up. We have planned for all of you just some really, really good stuff. Now, what I want to do is we're going to go ahead, bring in JT, bring in Busy J. Let's get to a little wrestling, and then we're going to get to the Jeff Cross interview. And in that Jeff Cross interview, at some point, you're going to hear him say this. Even beside all of that, he is not playing at a high level. Now, we talked to Jeff Cross about the offensive line. We talked to him about the defensive line, the defense in general. We talked to him about running backs. And we talked to him about Ryan Tannehill. Now, in that group, he had that to say about somebody. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that interview. It's coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, we're going to talk a little wrestling. We're going to bring in JT again. And JT, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. All right, we uh, we lost Busy Jay. I don't know. Uh, we lost Busy Jay. So you and I were going to talk a little wrestling. Uh, you know, I don't know if you had anything about the WWE that you wanted to talk about, but me in particular, just real quick, uh, on the WWE front, I just watched a house match, folks. You can see this on YouTube. JT, uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you yet about this, and it was a house match between Kevin Owens. And Seth Rollins. Mm, and okay. when I tell, yeah, it was a great match. Okay, Amazing. absolutely. 
It was no, it was fantastic match. But here's the thing, and what a waste. They wasted this on a house match instead of putting it on. This should have been on like one of the pay-per-views, let alone, you know, uh, on Raw. Here's what they did. You've got Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. All of a sudden, okay, Rollins, uh, 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 Kevin Owens puts it to Rollins. Rollins is flat on his back on the mat. Kevin Owens breaks into his imitation of the rock, bounces back and forth off the rings, and drops the people elbow on him. <laughs> Rollins recovers from getting the people's elbow dropped on him, okay, and then starts going all Hulk on him, gives him the boot, drops the leg, and starts all hulking out. So you have Kevin Owens doing The Rock, you've got Rollins doing Hulk, and it was just absolutely great, great entertainment, and they left it on a house match. You know, the, they left it on the part match. of that I'd love to hear is, what would Larry Zabisco say about them doing other guys' moves? What was he talking about? He'd never, never hit anybody with a knife edge chop and doing the woo because he doesn't want them recognizing Ric Flair instead of himself? He was he was pretty adamant about guys taking each other's moves, yeah. And uh, you know he he was not he was not happy about that. And speaking of uh, guys' moves, okay, real quick, you know I want to touch on FXE. Uh, we're going to bring uh, Busy J back in in a minute as we're talking TNA, but I just want to talk FXE for a second. We're getting ready in December. There's going to be a, a, a match. And, again, folks, FXE will be wrestling. We're going to be doing events for schools. If your school needs money, which a lot of these schools do, contact us. We'll give you the information. You have to fill out, okay, because you have to meet certain criteria. We will come to your school and put on a performance so that we can go ahead and help your school financially find out more, contact me, Fantasy Jester, Fantasy Jester at Yahoo. Real simple, get a hold of me. Um, we'll be talking more about that. But Joey Cage, let me tell you, JT, we're going to be talking about this on FXE Live when he's on. Joey Cage, I saw him training. He's got a submission move, and he's got a name for it. I'll let him announce it. I'll let him do all that. But he's got a submission move. This kid's going to do something in the wrestling world. Just watch. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah, no, this is going to be good. Yeah. I'm looking We've got a couple man. of things coming up. We've got a couple of good things coming up, a couple of signings coming up. In a couple of weeks, we have a major signing for FXE coming up. You're not going to want to miss that. Before, uh, before we bring Busy J in, we're going to – I just want to mention this. FXE was trying to seek after TNA. And just for simply the the video collection. I have no use for their ring. I have no use for their lights. I have no use for most of their talent. Um, it was just simply for the history and to have the video library. I've tried to reach out to them numerous times in numerous different ways. Okay. And now... Busy J, I mean, what you see in TNA, I, 
at the beginning of the show, I touted it as a soap opera. Is TNA the funniest mess you have ever seen for an ownership of just about any business? It, it's it's laughable. It's also sad what has become of that place. Now it makes sense why Jeff Jarrett pulled out so many years ago. I mean, everything down to Dixie and the disgruntled employees, people suing each other. It's just a total mess. And I, I applaud Vince for not buying, not saving that mess. He kind of sits back and watches like, hey, I'm just going to go after the tape library right now. I'll wait till the price drops and I'm going to come get it. It's just really bad. And consider TNA was the number two ranked organization, wrestling organization in the United States. To see what has become of it, it's just utter, it's just sad. You know, and before I ask JT, uh, you know, Busy J, here's the frustrating part, too. In the email that I sent both Billy, because I don't know what the problem is, and I'm going to ask JT in a second. I sent the email both to Billy and to Dixie, and I tried to explain to them that if you're waiting and you want to just deal with Vince, that's fine. But understand, Vince is going to make you wait until he gets everything for next to nothing. If that's what you want, go right ahead. Now, my thing, JT, is this. When you're looking at TNA, do you think it's both of them that are dysfunctional owners? Do you think it's just one? And if so, which one? Well, first off, you're, you couldn't get a hold of them because I don't think they can afford to pay the phone bills by the sound of things. But when I look at this, to me it screams Dixie Carter and her husband Serge Salinas uh, are the issue here. I think Corrigan, who had made several investments with the idea that he would be able to purchase the rest of the shares, run the company the way he sees it in his vision, I think this guy's a legitimate businessman who wants to do right and own his own wrestling promotion. I mean, you can understand that. I think Dixie Carter is just holding on for dear life in any way she can see see fit to do so. And I think that once they get rid of her, she's the cancer in my opinion. Once you cut her out, if he can with this lawsuit, I think things could change. Can he hold on is the problem. Yeah, you know what, JT? We, are, we share that opinion in this is – well, and first of all, my opinion is based on some of the people I've spoken to in the industry um, that, you know, Dixie Carter is just, uh, you know, she's a train wreck. Uh, and and in, in a different kind of way than Paige is a train wreck. Okay. Cause well, that's, that's a whole nother, uh, a whole nother nightmare. Uh, but no, it, it really is Dixie Carter. And that's why I wish I could get a hold of Billy. I'd love to get a hold of Billy because I think he has, like you said, I, I think he has what it takes to go ahead and, and do right by this company. And it seems like he's being handcuffed. Okay. And I have no idea. I Here's the thing, though. <laughs> what the hell is going on that he needs to file? He needs to file to a protection order against her. What the hell's going mm. on? <laughs> this well, is just, let's just say this. If, if TNA could actually get some storylines in the ring as good as the ones that are outside the ring, they may not be in this situation. 
Exactly. Yeah, we could, you know what? We could solve it right now. Exactly. Can we put Dixie in the ring with Billy in, in some kind of match? Can't we do that? I mean, something. Let's yeah. let's make some money off of this because this is terrible. Because they don't know how to make it any is. money off of it. I can come up seven ways to Sunday on how to make money on these guys. You know, and I'm never, I'm not going to sit here in front and act as if I've ever been a TNA fan. I've watched it out of sheer morbid curiosity from time to time, um, but I've never been much of a fan of, of what they put out there. Like I've told you before, it's like, put me in a high school gym, give me 10 people, and that's their audience. And it's funny, you look show after show, it's the same 10 people, they're just switched shirts. Um there's a reason why this is, and it's seeing now. You're seeing why this company has floundered and failed, and uh, it's a shame. But you know, you got to wonder how the the talent is feeling about all this. Do they know if they're going to get paid? Do they know what they're doing next? That's the yeah, and that's the thing is some of this talent really has no idea, and some of this talent, if they if they actually had somebody competent working with them. Uh, they could actually probably be pretty big. And that's the idea, though. You know, you mentioned something. And, and let me just say, I had somebody talking today on Twitter about, oh, you know, TNA's problem is they tried to recycle too much of WWE's talent. Here's the thing about that, folks. I don't care. Every wrestling promotion has access to every wrestler. Period. It's no different than any other sport, okay, where a team has access. Listen, if I'm a team owner in football, let's say I own the Miami Dolphins and say I don't want Tannehill anymore. You know what? I don't have to have him, and I can go get the top quarterback at some other place. I can go out and get whoever I want. We can go to the dog pound and get a Cleveland quarterback, I guess. Um, and no, seriously, the dogs are barking and that's because Tannehill is that bad to them, I guess. I don't know. They must not be Tannehill fans. (laughs) Um, but no, seriously, you can go out and get whoever you want and put them in your shirt. Okay. Now this works with wrestling and it's going to work with me. Listen, some of the talent is developmental guys. I'm going to tell everybody straight up who I've got. Okay. I've got guys that right now are developmental talent. I have guys on my roster, as we start to announce the roster, who are Florida independent guys. They used to go around to the independent guys. They now want to be a professional wrestler and come work for FXE. Then I have guys on the roster who are former WWF. I have a guy on the roster who has been TNA. I have a guy that's been in the ring with Kevin Nash. You do reuse these guys. They all do travel from promotion to promotion, hoping for the promotion that's going to give them the best money, best opportunity. That's a promoter's job. Okay. What the promoter's job, and this is where TNA fails, is to take that talent and do something different 
Do something that hasn't been done. Be creative. Come up with your own thing that makes you just that little bit different than the other guy. The other guy's right, not right. doing this. Here's what I'm doing, though. That's what you Chester, do. Let me, let me ask you something. There was a point where TNA was a competitor for WWE, or at least it was viewed as such at one point during their, their tenure there. So here's my question. See what WWE is doing. They have their toys. They have their games. They have all these other things and commercials that are out there that remind people. You know, you may be watching a, a TV show, but yet there's a commercial for WWE 2K17 that pops in there. They're always reminding people they're there. Never saw anything like that from TNA, and I wonder if that's a, or, you know something that they missed out on of getting themselves out there more. Well, and that is with anything. It's how, again... You are a promoter. It's how you promote. Listen, I, I have a lineage. You know, folks, let me explain something to you. I'm not just being a promoter out of the blue because I don't have a promoter formerly in the family. I have a boxing promoter in my family. I didn't, this just isn't just, oh, well, what the hell, you know. This is an option that I've had. I could have gotten into boxing years ago. I'm getting into wrestling because a friend of mine uh, asked me to get into it. Well, all right, yeah, let's check it out. Let's see what we got. And now I'm going to have some fun with it. You know? Here's the problem with TNA. They just couldn't promote it properly. Should they be competing with uh, WWE? Yes, of course. Here's what WWE has done. WWE is like the insecure hot chick, okay, who doesn't want any competition, okay, she won't hang out with any of the other hot girls. She'll only hang out with the ugly chick, okay? And that's supposedly the competition. So they create their own competition in NXT. Here's the problem, though. Triple H is now running NXT and doing a better job running NXT than Vince is. Running WWE. You're starting to see that influence from NXT, listen, here's how you know Triple H, how good a job he's doing. When your talent in the NXT, in your lower division, what's supposed to be your minor leagues, when that is making a change of what you're doing on the major level, if you will, the major league level of WWE, wow, wow. You look at guys like Finn Balor having a, an effect. Listen, uh, it's short-lived. That kid will be back. But you're seeing the NXT talent and how Triple H runs things a little bit more old school with some of these guys. Well, well Jeff, can, 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 can I add something to that real quick? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned, it's funny you mentioned old school. Um, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the 80s and how Vince pretty much undermining his father and got and pretty much brought up all the territory. What Triple H has been doing with NXT is he's getting all of the top, you know, out of Indies, overseas guys, and bringing them into the NXT fold and is becoming like a new mid-major player. So you're right about that. He's definitely follow, He's definitely more of an old-school promoter kind of thing going on. And just one more thing I want to add. Look at what happened with Mickey James. She's coming back. You think a former champ is going to make it all the way back to the roster, you would put her in 
you would put her on the main roster. No, she's coming back and she's going to face NXT. That's you, that's unheard of. So that's to show you how hot NXT is right now because of Triple H. Yeah, it is, and he is. You know, um, Vince Vince uh, Junior now has gone ahead and taken what his dad did to a whole nother level. And now Triple H is turning it global. He's turning it global. So, um, you know, just some great stuff there. And again, though, there's still plenty of room to do something different than what they're doing and coexist. You know, Listen, the AFL was out there. The uh, the AFL was out there, okay, and then they ended up joining. You know, you get these leagues, you have the National League, American League, but it's Major League Baseball. I can see one day, okay, wrestling having different, you know, you've got WWE, you've got NXT, you've got FXE. And probably whoever takes over TNA. I can see four groups basically out there, but eventually, much like you see the brand split, like SmackDown and Raw, that's basically what this is going to be, where they go ahead, they do their own shows, but they get together for one big, will be bigger than WrestleMania. When the four factions can go out and challenge each other, NXT and WWE and FXE and TNA or whatever the new name is going to be when it, when they do that, okay, whatever one pops up out of that, that's going to make some interesting wrestling for fans. Folks, we've been talking to you about the whole Jeff Cross interview. It is time. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're sitting there watching your team going, what the F is going on? Gase needs time. Now, again, before I play Jeff Cross, my opinion on your team is you've got to get some things settled. I can't evaluate your running back or your quarterback until that line is settled. I can't tell you if you have a good quarterback or a good running back other than Adrian Peterson, I mean, uh, other than uh, Arian Foster, okay? Um, I can't tell if you've got a good running back because your line's still being put together. You can't evaluate on any team. I don't care who you have there, folks. You can't tell me what a player's potential is until you get the very basic set, an offensive line, until you have some stability in the system you're playing in, I can't tell you if the offensive line, the quarterback, the running backs, the wide receiver, this, that, the other, how good everybody is, until we get them in the same system for more than a year. You've heard some of the greatest quarterbacks talking about it takes at least two years to learn any system. The first year you get the system down. The second year you're working on all the different things that you're going to have to adjust off of what other teams are going to play now against it. 
getting that timing down with receivers, getting it so that your receivers see the same plays at the same time as the quarterback. These are things that make a quarterback hold the ball longer. Because say the guy, it's a three-step drop, okay, but the guy, your wide receiver, has read it wrong because he's still learning the damn system. But you get the sack. You held the ball too long. Because your line isn't going to do anything but hold you, hopefully, for a a uh, three-step drop because the line is god-awful. That's my opinion. Can't tell you. Jury's out on Tannehill. That is my personal opinion. Folks, I was blessed. JT and I were able to get Jeff Cross in here. Here is that interview. Enjoy. How you doing, folks? It's Fantasy Jester here, and this is the recorded interview that we were able and fortunate enough to sit down, JT and I, be able to sit and talk with former Miami Dolphins defensive and Jeff Cross, Pro Bowl player, get his perspective on some of what we've been talking about. You know, we've been talking about the RT-17, the whole debate. Is he the starting quarterback for this team? And some of the other things that we're seeing on the team and also an insider's look, what does a defensive lineman look for when when certain things are going on? JT's got some great questions for Jeff tonight. First of all, Jeff, I want to thank you and welcome you on the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing good, uh, despite the circumstances. (laughs) Yeah, folks, uh, you know, Fantasy Jester and uh, all of us down here, Jeff and everybody, we've uh, had a little interesting weather. We've uh, been able to get through that. And for those of you younger folks out there, uh, I I don't want to say young crowd. I'm going to say younger so that I don't sound as old. Um, You know, if you're wondering, Jeff Cross played back 90s. I'll give you an idea of what kind of player we have on the air tonight. You look at guys. In the NFL right now, so that you can familiarize yourself with the type of player Jeff was. Jeff was a handful, and and that's putting it nice. Uh, You're looking at a guy that back in 93 at the age of 27, he had 10 and a half sacks from the defensive end position. Nice number there. But 93 tackles. 93 tackles. And you look at a guy, you look at some of the heralded guys nowadays. You've got guys like Mario Williams, who, you know, his best year has been 59 total tackles uh, and 14 sacks. He normally averages in the 40s. He's averaging nine and a half sacks a year. So give you that kind of an idea. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you've got guys like... Uh, DeMarco Ware, DeMarcus Ware, um, his top year is 20 sacks. He's a sack guy. But, again, you're not talking about the tackles. His top year, 69 tackles. He usually averages 45, 47 tackles, mostly a sack guy. But, again, you're getting the perspective of what kind of beast we have on the line with us. Fortunate, fortunate to have him. 93 tackles, 10 sacks. That's just incredible from that position. So when I ask you this, Jeff, it's from a perspective of seeing it on the other end. I First, I'm going to ask you stuff from the offensive side of the ball. JT is going to take you from the defensive end. And first thing, 
you know, the Miami Dolphins seem to be still rotating linemen, offensive linemen, in and out. When you saw that, when you were facing a team that was uh, rotating linemen in and out, uh, did you notice that? Is that something that you could see that they were having continuity issues or, or, or just communication issues on the line? Were you able to take advantage of something like that? It was um, – it's almost, it's almost inconceivable to me. Um, my entire year in, it, it, in professional football in the Dolphins, um, we probably had as steady an offensive line um, as anyone in, through my period, of, uh, through my uh, time with the Dolphins. And I'll tell you that, that from the day that Richmond Webb and Keith – Sims first put on a uniform, they never came out of any game. <laughs> and that's that's the way it is for a lot of offensive linemen, certainly when I played it. And I'm, I'm guessing the rotation for the Miami Dolphins has more to do with, with, with finding really just guys that that you know, some of the, some of the offensive line, and, and this I understand, and this is, and and, and this, this I understand, and, and this seems plausible. The Dolphins have some guys that have played multiple positions, so trying to find where a particular player's best fit is, I believe, is what the Dolphins are trying to do. You know, you got you got you know some guys that are playing guard and tackle. And although they line up just a foot or two from one another, it's an entirely different position. Mike Pouncey being out created even more problems for him. So it, it's understandable that, if you're just, that, 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 that some of these guys are having to learn on the go. And it's a, it's a given that, it, from my perspective, it looks like we've played you know, a pretty tough schedule. And, and it's, it, it's a tough position for, for – for learning offensive linemen to be in when you're playing at the Patriots, when you're playing, um, when, you know, when you're playing at Seattle. <laughs> uh, so right. it, it, right. It, 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 it's tough, but that's the only conceivable reason for, in my mind, that you, that you would be rotating um, your offensive line. You, normally uh, your offensive linemen don't come out of a game unless you're up 50 points. I mean, it just it, that's just the way it is. Your offensive linemen really come out of the game. You know, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. You know, when I watch, I watch the NFL these days, and it just seems like when you play defensive end, you guys were all around defensive ends. You could play the run well, you could play the pass yeah. well. Today, it just seems like your defensive ends are pass rush specialists. They made the point during the Dolphin game yesterday that, you know, Wake and Williams and these guys, they don't play the run well. They just want to pass rush. What do you attest that to? It, it's 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 a it's um. It's a true statement. Um, When I I played, (laughs) this is a conversation that I have often with with defensive ends and tight ends when I played. When I played, we we had a much greater, um, we had a much greater responsibility in the run game. Uh, Often they line the defensive end up over the tight end uh, if it was a good tight end, um, one of the better tight ends in the league, just so he couldn't have an easy release and get up into the scene fast. We hit mm-hmm. him. It took us 
you know, it, it took us uh, a step out of our pass rush, but that's just the way you played. It is absolutely true that defensive ends today are really, many of them are linebacker hybrids. They're not very big, um, and they play to get up field. Um, they play to get up field and, and rush the passer. Uh, many defensive tackles are more run stoppers, so more of responsibility for the, you know, there was a time when, when, when inside, when interior linemen got 15 sacks a, a season. Um, I, I think Keith Millard one year uh, had almost had almost like 20. But today, you let your big tackles play the run, and more of the responsibility for the pass rush falls on their linebackers and the defensive ends. It is right. it, it is true that the defensive ends today they're smaller, they're they're smaller, and they really don't have uh, quite as much run responsibility. But I don't see that as a Dolphins problem. I see that I see it as a Dolphins man. We we're not we're not getting pressure on the passer. Um, everyone I know who who follows the Dolphins, we're we're in shock. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, as this team was being put together, I'd have told you we're a top ten team. Um, we're bad. We're bad everywhere. We're uh, speaking on defense. We're, we're 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 bad everywhere. We're we can't rush the passer. We we we. I mean we. I mean we we've given up uh, two hundred yards uh, rushing in, in in a few games. Um, we can't seem to cover, especially running backs. I would have told you that our defensive line was one of the best in the league. Right, um, we can't stop the run. We we can't get pressure on the passer. Um, we can't cover tight ends. Uh, we can't come up with big plays on the offensive side of the ball. We 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 can't do a job of protecting the passer. Uh, Tannehill is playing at a very low level. Um, he can't seem to get rid of the football, and and he's not accurate enough. There is only one position that it looks like we are playing pretty decent ball, and that's that receiver. We, we, we're, right now, we're, we're, just, we're bad across the board. And, and when, I, when, I, when I, you know, I, walk, I watch the Dolphin games with a lot of former players, and we're all in shock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let me, okay, go ahead. I wanted to ask you this, Jeff, because uh, uh, you, you mentioned sitting with – former players, okay? And this is the one thing that I don't understand and wanted to ask you about, again, talking about continuity because I don't feel that you can have a consistent offense first until you get the line down. Once the line is consistent, then you can worry about, you know, what you're getting out of the other positions, whether it is quarterback or running back. But with that said, I mean – Am I wrong in saying that they need to, if it's not going to be Arian Foster carrying the rock, they need to settle upon one running back and let him get into a rhythm? Am am I wrong with that? Do you feel that, and do your friends feel that? I don't feel that that's the – I I do agree with that philosophy because a lot of the great running backs tell you that. Um, I heard Herschel Walker – and Bo Jackson say this fairly recently, and 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 talking about great running backs, you, you you need you can't you can't be 
worried about great running backs getting running backs certain running backs getting the ball too much. They need the more they get the ball, they'll play themselves into shape. We'll get a better feel for the game. While I do believe that, I don't see it as a Dolphins problem. I see the Dolphins just trying to find some guys that can seem to play at a level where you can win some games in the National Football League. Um, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, our objectives right now, I, I believe if you look at our head coach, his objectives have changed. We're not trying to beat – we're no longer trying to beat the Patriots. We're just, we're just trying to you – know, on offense, we're just trying to score some freaking points. So uh, we're, we're, we're in – call it desperation mode. Um, just trying to see which guys can get in there and, 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 and go a couple games and, 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 and seem like they're playing at a, at a pretty decent level. Um, where you know where you can beat some good teams. I, 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 unfortunately, when you're that's that's where the Dolphins are right now, and and I don't think that I certainly didn't, and I don't know anyone who follows the Dolphins that would have thought that that you know this early in the season this is where we would be. But in my mind, that's what it looks like to me. We're just looking for some guys that anybody that looks like look like they can play at a high level. And um, and we're seeing very little of it. Um, I don't think we 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 have much of it outside of receiver. Okay. Let me ask JT? you this, Jeff. In your week of preparation, so you prepare for a game, you watch film on the quarterback that you're going against the coming week, and you see the quarterback has a fumbling problem, such as Tannehill has over his career. To be honest, does that change your mindset as a lineman to say, "Hey, I might go for the strip." as opposed to the sack, or, or is that something that doesn't enter your mind? I will generally say it doesn't, but clearly certain, certain pass rushers, um, especially the, the fast guys coming off the end, um, where a lot of your, your, your rush is coming around the end, where the quarterback, and if you do get there, the quarterback doesn't see you. You know, Derek Thomas was very good at this. Jason Taylor was very good at this. Um, those kind of rushes, and obviously guys like uh, Demarcus Ware and Von Miller, those guys are good at this because a lot of your rush is going to be the speed around the end, where the quarterback just doesn't see it coming, and you've got a chance to to, to make some really big plays. Um, when I look at the Dolphins, I I just look at a team that um, even the good quarterbacks have struggle if they can't get comfortable in the pocket. If they can't get into a rhythm, and, and we've only played one game in my mind where Tannehill was able to get himself uh, in a rhythm and really start making some good throws and, and, and us seem to be clicking um, as an offense, and that was in the Patriot game. Probably late, late second quarter through the rest of the game, um, I thought that was as good as – that certainly was as good as the Dolphins had looked on offense, not just this season, but it, it's probably the best that we had looked on offense in quite some time, those those few quarters. Um, other than that, it has been it is it has been just awful. Just awful. Across the board. 
and 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 also with with that said, the more the more drive you keep alive, the more time you feel, the more time you can gain for yourself on the field. Simply, we'll, we'll work some of these problems out, right? You know, um, and I think that that that's, that was the case in the in the Patriot game, where um, you know defense came up with a couple good stops and allowed our offense more more um, you know more possessions, and, and ultimately Tannehill was able to kind of find his rhythm. And on the opposite, what got us back in the Patriot game is is you know, defense stiffened up and got – we had a couple of nice three and outs, and it actually got Garoppolo out of his rhythm. So okay, I think right. it, it really, you know, it's one possession at a time. The Dolphins have just – you know, the defense have got to come up with some stops and simply give our offense – you know, they talk about this in basketball a lot. You know, you need quality possessions. You need – you know, you need to – you know, when you create turnovers, you get more possessions. And you get more shots. And sometimes your shooters, no matter what happens, sometimes your shooters just need to shoot their way into some rhythm. And I, I feel um, that's where our passing game is. We just we got to have more possessions, especially more possessions when, when we're not behind and scrambling. So uh, we're just playing losing football. Yeah, and now getting to the whole, because this was uh, a hot, hot topic uh, just a week ago on the show, Jeff. The question I really, I really wanted to ask you, the number one question, because it's been the RT17 debate on the show, and on Facebook and Twitter, it's really gotten heated, and I'm, I, I'm from this, and so that you understand, my position on Tannehill is, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I think some unrealistic expectations were unfairly put on him because he was chosen in the first round when he shouldn't have been personally. Okay. Um, But the thing is this, he has not had the same system year after year after year. This is the, and now he's finally in a system that everybody feels Adam Gase is a genius, this, that, the other, give him time in Gase's system give him a consistent offensive line, give him a running game, and then let's judge whether or not he's good enough. I can't call it yet. Some people, a lot of Miami Dolphin fans are are dead sure this is not the guy for the team. You've watched football. You have played football. You have played with the greats. You know what is competent. You know what isn't competent. Is Ryan Tannehill the quarterback for your Miami Dolphins? Right now, here's how I feel. All of that is true. We have some young quarterbacks that are playing well, but from what I see, you know, there's a certain level of support they're getting. Um, The bottom line is that you're not going to be able, and, and, and the Broncos showed this, you're not going to be able to, to – not every team is ever going to be able to have a great quarterback. So you better try to figure out ways to win without one. And the Broncos showed us that last year. Peyton Manning was a 32nd – and a lot of people still don't realize this. 
the Broncos were the uh, – Peyton Manning was a 32nd-ranked quarterback in the National Football League a year ago. Mm-hmm. So you run the ball, you play good defense, you're going to – you know, you're going to keep your quarterback in situations where where he can – where where we're throwing for 200 yards and being 15 to 25 – can win can you know can win a lot of games when you when you're running the ball and playing good defense. Here's where here's what I feel about Tannehill. Even beside all of that, he is not playing at a high level. He is not he is not he is not. If you put him on the Denver Broncos right now, they wouldn't be doing as well as they are doing. He simply is not. Playing his, he's not even playing his best football. He's not playing the way he, the way he finished um, the season before last, um, where where he, uh, where I thought he played at a pretty high level the last six games or so. He has clearly regressed. Um, the ball's not important for him. Is the ball coming out of his hands in a timely fashion? Um, important for him. He's got to give our receivers balls that they can't just catch, but they can run after a catch and make big plays. He is he's he's playing he's he's below his his trajectory as a Miami Dolphin. He's probably playing some of his worst football as a Miami Dolphin, um, which would lead me to believe that his future with the Dolphins is is bleak at this moment. Wow. Wow. All right. And I know JT has, I think, one more for you, JT. Yeah, just just a question. Going into the Cincinnati game, the an hour before the game, there were a lot of announcements. Byron Maxwell benched, Tony Lepet to start. You know, several guys that Gase basically felt weren't performing, and he put other guys in there. So as a former player, how do you feel about the coach doing that, and are you a fan of it? It's one thing. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that 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 feel like that, that that feel that way when you're playing bad, both in college and pro. Sometimes you, sometimes, especially at the professional level, a coach might get the sense that guys are just showing up. No one's playing with any sense of urgency. Even even your better players aren't playing with a sense of urgency. I'm sure there was there's been times in the last couple of years where if we could have, we would have been Sue. Uh, guys, guys, guys that you need to play well just haven't been, and some of the, and, and the coach might feel that it. Uh, you really hear a lot of this. I I hear Nick Saban talk about this often about his team. You know, you, you have some guys that that just aren't playing the way that you know that they're capable of playing. And, and unfortunately, sometimes these are some of your better players. It's a crappy place to be at. Um, and, of course, and, 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 you know, you can't just go fire someone every week, but maybe maybe um, benching someone could shake them up. You know, you got to admit, it, this, does, this doesn't just happen in uh, football. You know, this isn't just right. coaching in football. I mean, we see this in basketball, and we certainly see this in baseball. Sometimes coach feels like, it may benefit a player to, to, to sit down and watch the freaking game for a while. Mm-hmm. But if this is all stuff that's associated with losing. True. 
true. And one uh, last quick question for me then, Jeff, is this, and I'll take you away from the Miami Dolphins for a second. Watch, uh, I'm a Giant fan, so I watch Odell all the time now. And my question to you is, as a player, do you want Odell Beckham on your team? Is he talented enough for you to be able to, uh, ignore some of the selfish stuff that he's uh, pulling, or do you rather not have the talent on the team and go for cohesion? It's a tough call. I like the kid, but no one likes distractions. And you certainly don't like the, 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 the senseless penalties, especially if you're a team struggling. He couldn't play for a lot of coaches. I'm not sure he could have played for Coach Hill, and he certainly couldn't play for Bill Belichick. But at the same time, at the same time, Mm -hmm. coaches know where this guy stands. This guy's coming to play every week. This guy, this guy, this guy is playing every game like his last game. When this if this guy was never to play another snap. He'd walk away from the game knowing he left nothing out there. You don't see, you know, me, me and Joe Green, when he was coaching me, he used to tell me a lot, especially on defense, but a lot of the best players are just, they, 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 they got a chip on their shoulder. They always feel like they got something to prove, and they're angry. They wake up in the morning, and, and, and they're ready to compete. So, I believe he will eventually, and just like his coach said, he's got a way to he's got to find a way to channel his energy and not be a distraction uh, to the team and cost the team. Um, they believe some of, some of which is a maturing process, but I I I I like to see him play, minus the penalties and and especially the unsportsmanlike conduct, you know, which which is a costly fifteen yards. Um. I think he will clean up his game a little bit, but I, I like to see him play. He's a guy that that uh, takes every play personally. Um, right. It's a, it's a it's a shame, um, you know, especially the, the one game late last year. I guess it was with the Panthers um, in a right. game that they needed. But um, I like to see the guy play, <laughs> especially at a receiver. You know, um, he, he for, for those that. Have, I see I see a lot of that in Jarvis Landry. Um, I, I I I see him and Jarvis Landry being pretty similar players. They they show up to play. They bring on an enormous a lot of energy. I, I feel like Jarvis Landry is our best player right now. Um, I think Jarvis. I think I think Jarvis brings it with a little bit more class though. A little bit he more, does. Uh, mature, these guys. Maturity. These guys are. Eating, and um, I think coaches like to know who's who's laying it laying it on the line every play, who's coming up to who, who's coming uh, to every game, um, and taking it and taking every play personal. So three um, Jarvis Landry's and we're winning the Super Bowl, uh, right? Um, I, I'm I'm with you there. So um, I think he will eventually clean up his game. Um, uh, Beckham, and um, it, 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 uh, uh, he'll go a much longer way for the for the for the Giants who who really need him and could really uh, do without the, the you know the penalties. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jeff, 
thank you so much for your time once again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. You, you're full of some great knowledge of the game, and uh, we enjoy having you. Thank you so much. You got it, buddy. Talk Thanks, to you Jeff, soon. Folks, we will, uh, that was Jeff Cross, former Miami Dolphins defensive end on the line, talking with us regarding everything Miami Dolphins. And uh, got to ask him about my uh, Giants and Odell Beckham. And, uh, you know, it was great to be able to hear firsthand former player, not just a former player, though, former Miami Dolphin player who still loves his team, still loves the Dolphins. JT, you heard that. He, it's his team oh, yeah. still. It is, it's his buddies that watch, the former players. They're still, you know, for the aqua and orange, brother. Hey, you know, and, and it just makes me think back when I watched him play. He was one of my favorites then. He's still one of my favorite Dolphins to this day. The guy keeps it real. He knows his stuff, huh? I enjoy having him on the show. 93 tackles, 10 sacks from the defensive end position. The man was a beast. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhaus with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, you know, I've listened to that. That is now my fourth time listening to that, and I just love it. I love being able to, yeah, I, I can't lie. I'm not going to lie at all uh, when I say uh, it's still the idea of being able to sit and talk with the players now and the former players and meeting all these guys, you get to see who absolutely loves the sport and uh, who's still, like in Jeff's case, he, he's Still a huge Dolphins fan, watches the games. And uh, JT, uh, you had to hear it in his voice, too. He's just frustrated with his, his team as much as you are. Oh, I feel his pain. And listening to that again, I just I found my same way as the first time I heard it when he said it to me live. You know, and, and my thought is, if I'm a Dolphins player from today, and, and, and let's be honest, the guy is a Dolphins great. Okay, a Jeff Cross yeah. walks into your locker room. How do you look that guy in the eye the way you're playing right now? It, I just, it baffles me. I agree with everything he said. I love the fact that he didn't hold back because he's a Dolphins fan. Uh, and everything he said was credible. I mean, how can you not listen to what this guy says? He did it day in and day out. Well, and that's why I really enjoyed the interview. I was happy we were able to get him because he wasn't playing under, you know, he wasn't talking under the filter of having to be in the locker room with the guys and all that and having to deal with all that, being politically correct in the locker room and all that. He was able to be candid about what he has seen, not just from being a fan of the game, but a guy who's actually played the sport. And, and you know, you know I'm he mentioned good. He, I'm sorry, he mentioned two names, just raises the hair on my neck. Richmond Webb and Keith Sims. I remember a decade where you didn't even have to think about – Marino didn't even have to worry about his blind side. The left side of the offensive line was on lockdown. And, uh, man, I miss those days. 
Well, and that's what I'm all I'm trying to say. Listen, I, I've got people jumping on me about my opinion about Tannehill. Okay, and I don't have an opinion yet. You know why? Because let me see him with a real offensive line. I say that about any quarterback. Any quarterback will tell you they need the time. Okay, and he doesn't have enough. Yes, you got to remember, and this is where I'm going to leave it with this. Uh, I'm going to bring Busy J back in in a minute because we got some news off the wire that uh, affects New York fans. Um, He's a converted wide receiver who has, keeps changing systems as he's trying to learn a position. Of course you're going to see indecision, and having no line does not help that. Now, right. the biggest crime here that I see and the knock of why people hate this kid, and in some cases it really is hatred, okay? Listen. He's a young, squeaky clean kid, okay? He's got the hot wife. He was drafted first round, okay? All this, it's easy to hate the quarterback. He's got the expectations. But listen, it's not his fault. The expectations were put on him of a first-round draft choice. That was the Miami Dolphins, probably the only team that was going to take a converted wide receiver to make him a quarterback with their first round pick. Let's just say he went in the wrong spot. Now, how good a quarterback he is, I'll let you know when I see a line. Now, one of the guys that played back with Jeff Cross, a New York guy, got Busy J back on the line, going to bring him in in a minute. Very, very sad story coming out of New York right now on the wire. Former New York Jets defensive lineman played the same time that Jeff Cross did. Dennis Bird, he had battled back. He had a serious spinal injury that, you know, he couldn't walk. He actually kept working at it, recovered to walk again in miraculous form, okay, when he wasn't supposed to walk was able to walk again, has died at the age of 51. Bird was killed today in a car crash over in Oklahoma. He was driving. Another car came into his lane. He was killed instantly. The 12-year-old passenger in the car with Bird rushed to the hospital, serious condition. The 17-year-old boy, the 17-year-old boy, who crossed the line and hit and hit Bird's vehicle is in the hospital too. So, seventeen-year-old young man now has to wow. live with this. Okay, with just that. sad all the way around, folks. God bless everybody's family involved there. Yeah, JT. One one quick thought. Any of you want to know more about Dennis Bird? Uh, if you're on Twitter. Check out what Peter, some stories that Peter King from SI, fantastic, classy writer, is telling some great stories that he knew about Dennis Bird on Twitter. So you want to know about this guy, check him out. Yeah, yeah. So, Busy, yeah, that, that's a great idea, JT. Thanks. Busy, Jay, you know, you're up there in New York. This one's, this one's going to hit New York. This is going to be a tough, uh, tough football weekend for the Jets. They're, yeah, uh, definitely. They're, uh, 
you know, they've got Arizona this week in Arizona, so maybe it'll help that they're they're away. I don't know. I don't know. Tough. Gonna be a tough weekend for them. All right, guys, we're at that point. It's that wonderful time of the show. You know, listen, folks, you got to understand. Before we get into King's Ransom Fool's Gold, we've got some things coming up that I do need to get out there. Okay, very important. FXE signings coming up. We've got a six ten. 325-pound monster we're going to be having on the show coming up in the coming weeks, signed FXE wrestler. We've got a 7-foot, 3-inch bigger monster we are going to sign here on the show, FXE wrestler, now in the fold, coming weeks. Coming weeks, we already have one article on FantasyJesterSports.com covering the ECHL and the Orlando Solar Bears, folks. Great team looking for some things this year. Second year for the coach. Guy's been, listen, coach has been there. He gets the teams to the playoffs. Okay, so now Solar Bears going to look for a little bit more defense this year. Hopefully get a little bit more defense. Change in goal, we'll see. That is ECHL, East Coast Hockey League. We're going to be covering them on FantasyJesterSports.com. This week, folks, in the Orlando area, here's your opportunity to meet the Fantasy Jester. The Orlando Magic have been gracious enough, great people over there, they can't give me a yearly press pass yet. I have to be, the league uh, has to approve the website. The uh, website would be approved for a press pass. I haven't been around long enough. I need to be around uh, a little bit more than almost six months. But here's the great part. On my six-month anniversary, October 20th, Thursday, Amway Center, Orlando Magic. Here's your opportunity, folks, fans of Orlando Magic, to meet and greet. Fantasy Jester will be there. The Orlando Magic giving me a press pass. I'll be down on the floor early on. I'll be up in the press box later on for that game. Looking forward to that. Got a bunch of great things going on. And here's the last one for you before we get to King's Ransom Fool's Gold. Right now, we are in discussions. We're going to try and bring you at least three times a week a half-hour fancy jester show. This way, in all, if things work out, we will be bringing you the fantasy jester show or one of our podcasts by the fantasy jester and again, you've got the FXE Live on, on Wednesdays, the wrestling show. And you've got, uh, on Thursdays, you've got the Gridiron guys. But right now, there's some talks about bringing in a half-hour show, three days a week, strictly the Jester, a morning show. And this way, now you get your fill. Each and every day, we can go through a little review of the previous day's sports. Six days Jester. In the talks, folks. That's what's going on. Let's bring JT back on in. Let's get this started. King's Ransom, Fool's Gold, JT, let's hit it. 
Uh, let's start off. Marcus Mariota this week against Cleveland, coming off a week in which he threw for 163 yards, three touchdowns, ran for 60 and another touchdown. King's Ransom, full gold. Wow. Uh, you know, playing against uh, – I, I think with the defense they're up against this week, well, I'm going to move on with this one quick so that we can hit a bunch of them. Guys, I'm just going to say King's Ransom right now. Do it. Next. All right. Now, a sneaky one. Matt Ryan yeah. traveling yeah. to Seattle. Yeah. Matt Ryan's had some big games this year. Is he King's Ransom or is he Fool's Gold? Uh, you know, but if you notice, when he came across a Denver defense, he wasn't exactly uh, the uh, 500 yards a game guy, and uh, neither was Julio Jones. And I can see them struggling just as much. Uh, if there's a better quarterback, if you've got a quarterback out there that can do better than probably uh, 250 and uh, two touchdowns, get him. Uh, I would stay away from him this week because that 252 touchdowns, that's wishful thinking. I'm going to go fool's gold. Go ahead. Okay. Terrell Pryor had some big games, had some not-so-big games for Cleveland this year. Kessler's back at quarterback, going against Tennessee. King's ransom, fool's gold. Uh, no, stay away. Matter of fact, I have officially uh, – I had Pryor at the beginning of the season – uh, because it looked like they were trying so many different ways to get him involved. And uh, now it's just, uh, no, I, I, have, I have absolutely zero faith in Kessler, first of all. And uh, I have even less faith in uh, Cleveland as a whole. I'm going to go fool's gold on that one. All right, now you know how everybody likes to chase the points. We got a guy named Sammy Coates coming off a week in which he had six catches for a buck thirty nine and two touchdowns, playing against the Miami Dolphins this week. Is he a King's ransom or is he fool's gold? I'm seeing a lot of split on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go King's ransom on the whole Pittsburgh offense. I don't think you can lose with just about anybody. Do I think he puts up those same numbers? No, of course not. I don't see that. I can see Antonio uh, going, for lack of a better word, apeshit this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, him. I see Bell. I see Bell as a friggin' nightmare. If you've got Bell, there's, you know, obviously you're going to start him anyway if you have him. That's no secret. And this one is no different. You know, or you, you don't have to go much further than Jeff Cross to listen to him about his defense. So, Sammy Coates, yeah, King's Ransom. As much of a King's Ransom as last week? No. Is he still good for 100 and a touchdown? Yes. But then again, who else is good for 100 and a touchdown? Pretty much everybody. You could probably line up JT right now, folks, at wide receiver against the Miami Dolphins. And especially now with the chance that at the very least he's a little banged up or Shard Jones might not play and at the very least isn't right. 100%. Then you've got injuries at the middle uh, level. You've got Cole Misi out, okay? So you've got banged up uh, Johnny Jenkins. You know, it, it just doesn't bode well for things to turn around for the Miami Dolphins this week. 
so I'm going uh, King's Ransom on pretty much every offensive player for Pittsburgh. Next. All right, I'm going to sneak two Twitter questions in here. Well, first one, I've got Jimmy Graham. I've got Travis Kelsey. Both guys Mm. have been pretty dominant each of the last two games. Who are you starting this week? Looks like Jimmy Graham's at home against the Falcons and Kelsey at Oakland. Well, here's the thing. Um, Not much better, but Oakland is better against the tight ends. Uh, Right now, Atlanta is uh, giving up the third most points to fantasy tight ends. So that bodes well for uh, a Jimmy Graham uh, and an offense that's going to be home. They, if you notice, okay, it kind of looked like we started seeing hints of Russell Wilson want to go to him more. So I, I'm going to say Kelsey will, have, Kelsey will have a nice day in Oakland. Don't get me wrong. I just think the better of the two right now is still uh, Jimmy Graham because that Atlanta defense just is not good against the tight end. So I'm going to go King's Ransom on Jimmy uh, Graham. But then again, like I said, I, I can see Kels being a King's Ransom as well, just not as good as Jimmy Graham. Okay, so you're going Graham. All right, King's Ransom, Bulls Gold. Brandon Cooks. The Carolina Panthers have been absolutely horrible against number one receiver. Julio Jones, 12 for 300 a couple weeks ago. At home this week, is Brandon Cooks a King's Ransom or is he a fool of gold? Uh, you know, I called Cooks that one week. Week yeah. one's been the only week he's shown up. Yeah, and I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, Coleman seems to be starting to step up a little bit more. Is I just can't, you know, until he shows me some consistency, and right now he's not showing me, you know, Breeze isn't showing me that he wants to uh, go to him as much. And I think, like I said, Coleman's that bigger target. Now, the other thing, though, and people better start realizing this if you if you have an opportunity to get him, okay. Breeze is starting to get comfortable with Fleener. So now you got Fleener a red zone target. You got Coleman a big guy red zone target. No, stay away Michael from Thomas. I, pardon me? And then you got Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I can see him getting washed out. I'd stay away from him right now. I don't I'm not starting him on any team. Fool's gold. Okay. Old gold. One of the old jester favorites, a blast from the past. Matt Forte this week at Arizona. Bilal Powell siphoned 18 catches off of him, or should have been Forte's balls over the last three games. Is he a King's Ransom, or is Matt Forte a fool gold? You know, I just had, I just got into it with a couple of people regarding this. Um, I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying about Bilal Powell and in general, uh, I'm not really crazy about this simply because of the matchup. Forget about Powell part. Forget the Powell part. You know, I was given a choice between running backs and, and yeah, would I take Forte over the running backs I was given? Yeah, but I wasn't given anything great either. See, that's the point. Um, somebody had asked me during the week to compare running backs and take a look at their lineup. And, hey, listen, folks, 
if you've got a lineup out there, you're not sure about who to sit, start, this, that, the other, okay? You're taking a look at players. Maybe you want to make a trade or anything, okay? Don't forget, you can reach out to me. I'll, I'll give you my opinion for what that's worth to any of you, okay? Here's what it's worth to me. Here's what it's worth to me. I'm going to tell you, documented, 70% top three in the money, documented. That's what it means to me. That's what my opinion's worth to me. Now, if you want to listen, that's up to you. Because you know what? No, I'm not going to be 100% of the perfect. I'm going to have my Hunter Henrys in my life that just stabbed me in the back all game long this last game on Thursday. But then I'm going to have <laughs> games where I pull guys out. And I mentioned the only Miami when, – when somebody asked me, who do I like on the Miami offense – and I pull out one guy and say, watch this guy this week. And Kenny Stills is the only guy to score a touchdown that week. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's the reason why you're listening to me. When I go ahead and I give you on a Thursday night, Gronk's coming back. The whole world is Gronk's back. Gronk's back. Gronk's back. 80% of you dumb ones out there. Okay. Stupid idiot. I'll use uh, Jericho there for a minute. Wrestling fans, okay, you stupid idiots, you all started Gronk that first game. Guess who didn't start Gronk? Me, and you know who else? JT. So if you're not listening to me, also get your opinion from JT, Fez437 on Twitter. All right? We're the guys. We're not just, you know, hey, listen, we're not guys on TV, and this is, you know, what kind of yeah, we're giving you the generic vanilla crap that they give you on TV. No, we're real analysts in the trenches, actually playing a bunch of leagues under different rules, different guidelines, okay? And we're successful at those leagues. I can't say that about a bunch of the guys that are on TV, to be honest with you. JT, what else you got for me? Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm going to give you my other, Twitter, my other Twitter question. I really like this one. It's a PPR league. I'm using this person as a flex. Do I go James White or Bobby Rainey? White's got nine catches over his last two games. Rainey's got 13. Uh, guess what? I am going to – well, you got to also remember there's that chance. Okay, now Rainey's going to be put back a little bit because you're going to have Rashad Jennings possibly coming back this week. There's a good chance. Right. So – He's going to vulture a couple touches, definitely, without a question. But here's the interesting thing about James White. Go take a look, folks. And here's why I'm taking James White of the two. Not just catching the ball out of the backfield, not just becoming one of Brady's favorite targets now. He he was out there and out-touched. Hey. I'm going to get you. What are you doing? Hey, who's in the background there? Who's in the background? We got people running through, going crazy here, folks. Sorry about that. All of a sudden, we got all hell breaking loose. I think, I think, I think the Coronas have made their way, and I didn't know. You know, no Joey Cage, and we've got Coronas going on in the background. Where, well, what am I missing? I'm sitting here. Listen, folks, I'm sitting here drinking my Arizona tea, uh, green tea, uh, ginseng, lemon. It's real good. Can't complain. Uh, but, no, seriously, where, where are we at? We're on uh, White. Yeah, White uh, was in for more plays than LeGarrette Blount was 
last week. Look for that trend to continue. Brady likes white. Brady likes the idea. One thing with Garrett Blount, he's your bullback. He's a great running back. Okay, but Brady likes the guys that he can toss the ball to. Little little out release passes, okay, in the flat. That All right. without a question. Without a question, we're going got, white. Go ahead. Got a few more to get got a few more to get in under the gun here. Mm-hmm. Everybody's darling. Carson Wentz from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Out of Washington. Yeah. Out of Washington defense that's been fairly stingy the last few games against quarterbacks. Is he a King's ransom or is he a fool's gold this week? <sighs> Pennsylvania in Washington. A little banged up secondary, but I like uh, I like the pass rush that they're probably going to get on this kid. Fool's gold, King's ransom. Uh, you know, he's going to have to try and keep up because I, Washington seems like they're still – Washington's winning games now. They're on a nice little roll, and they're still, to me, not at their best yet. This best is yet to come. Now – they're going to be short Jordan Reed. Not going to help there. Still don't have Doxon back. That's not going to help there. Um, but you're going to see. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I can't do it. As much as I want to say King's Ransom, I'm going to go Fool's Gold. No, I, I just don't see it happening, folks. Let's go about 7-11. Chris Hogan from New England Patriots. Coming mm. off of a 100-yard receiving game last week, he's 7-11 because he's always open. Is he a King's Ransom versus Cincinnati, or is he Fool's Gold? Uh, no, fool. I, I definitely go with Fool's Gold. This next game is going to be the James White and the uh, Rob Gronkowski show. Gronk this week. We got a Gronk sighting, huh? We got a Gronk sighting. He's got a... Uh, he had a little bit of uh, – he was a little under the weather. Now, under the weather could have been hungover. Under the weather could have been anything. Under the weather doesn't mean he's not playing, folks. I, I know a bunch of people are getting nervous about whether he's going to play Sunday. Guess what? New England Patriots are home. He's fine. Gronk this week, white this week. There are your two plays on the New England offense. Go ahead, next. Let's sneak another receiver in. Two home games this year. Rookie Will Fuller has 16 catches, 292 yards, and two touchdowns. Lamar Miller is also expected to have a big game this week. So is Will Will Fuller a king's ransom, or is he a fool's gold? Oh, wow. You know, here's the thing, and it's against an indie team that they're just going to light up that scoreboard in general. But – I I I can't help but think that this is finally going to be the week where they use Hopkins and they get him the ball. I really think, again, now, if we're looking at this game, a lot of Hopkins, a lot of Miller. Um, you'll see maybe one to four. That doesn't make him, uh, to me, it doesn't make him uh, King's Ransom. I definitely see Hopkins having a breakout, finally, kind of uh, week for you Hopkins owners. That's it. We're out of here. Hope you enjoyed. We had uh, Jeff Cross. We had JT. We had Vinny Gay. 
first of all, we had me. Best person I ever you ever wanted to. Hope you become one of our regular listeners, and I hope you enjoy. I am the fantasy jester. We are out of here. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He-